We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of the Is For Podcast. I am Danger. And, uh... I am... Well, yeah, that that was Sarge that started speaking. I am Sarge, and I was wondering if we had to teach me reader as a freaking host tonight. Hi, welcome to the Is for Podcast. Yeah, so already speaking, out of turn, interrupting. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, we actually have Monster here with us tonight. Yeah, and I am going to patiently wait until my introduction before I say hello. Well, uh, Monster, Sarge. Thank you for for being here tonight. Thank you for joining us. And thank you for having me. Yes, yes. <laughs> you didn't have a choice. All right. So I we not. we have made it to X. X is for the X Files. Now we actually have not picked many uh, many TV shows in this whole journey so far. I uh, was a big fan of the X Files. Sarge, do you have a? Were you an X Files fan? An X Files watcher? Yes, I was an X-Files watcher, but I had to be one of the closet X-File watchers because my parents didn't want me to watch the X-Files, but they could watch the X-Files. Damn double standards. So I used to sneak out of the room and hide in the hallway and like peer around the corner like, what's that? What's going on? Do you think? Yeah, but was- you're used to spending a lot of time in the closet, correct? No, in the corner, yes. In the closet, no. Fair yeah. enough. You're the one that has recorded a lot of these in your closet, so... That's that's yeah that doesn't that doesn't apply to this. That's that's neither here nor there. No, I remember this is an audio medium, so they don't know that Luke's constantly in his closet. They don't know that Luke's in his closet right now. No, I'm not. Thank you very much. I have upgraded to the bedroom. Oh, you've been given a pass. He's come out of the closet, ladies and gentlemen. It's about time. Moving on. <laughs> X <laughs> is for X Files. Now, now, monster. Do you have? Any experience with the X-Files? Were you an X-Files watcher at all? So, no. And that I feel like I might have missed the boat on this because I feel like, especially with my interests now, it's the kind of show that I would have eaten up. I would have loved it. I've seen some bits and pieces of things here or there, and I think it's interesting. Um, It's one of those shows that I debate going back and and actually, you know, watching at some point in in my life. Okay, sorry, you raised your hand, and I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I don't want to get scolded again for, you know, talking out of turn. Well, That's good. Know. He's learning. No, I'm not. Um, he doesn't learn. The X-Files is one of those timeless classic shows, and, my, and this is my opinion, that you can go through and you can rewatch because, number one, it hits, it hits a lot of things on the head even now that it did back in the 90s when it, when, when it came out, you know. Alien abductions and government conspiracies, and you know, I think you'd like it. Even even when they're whipping out the freaking bag phones to make phone calls, and they're watching projector reels and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it, like that's, you get it. Just, yeah, that's my that's my wheelhouse. Like that it, sounds it like a blast. A, it is a dated miss show. Out. It, it is very dated, but yes, I have to agree with Sarge that yes, Monster. I think you would really get into it. Now there was two different parts of the show and you know and you know we'll get into it further but they had two two really defining parts of the series and one of them was the monster of the week episodes where it was every week was a different monster yeah sure there were little threads of storyline you know bc and d stories that carried them the way through then they had the alien conspiracy side of it that ran through the entire thing from my knowledge um and you know was great. I loved it. You know, it just had lots of little nuggets of awesomeness in it. And the creature effects were great and uh, mostly practical effects, which, yeah, we've talked about. We're fans of. Well, I mean, they couldn't just go straight alien episodes all the time or even a third of the time or however the the reason why they couldn't do that is they had to keep people coming back for more. And then they tried to link so much of it back to the government conspiracies and it's like, you're just like, really? It's so good 
with the monster episodes. I was going to say the alien episodes, I know like that was sort of the original pull of the show, but it ran for a long, long time, right? And I mean, it was yeah, like, and it had a full length movie, two, right? Two it, movies, it right? Two, all right, yeah. So- Sorry, here we go. I'm stealing no, thunder. I'm no, sorry. no, no, it's it's great. It's great. We'll get to all of it, and we'll give a breakdown to all of those parts of things. All right. So the X Files is created by Chris Carter. Uh, revolves around FBI special agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. Do we know who Fox and and Dana were played by? I know David right. Duchovny, but yes. I can't remember her name. Gillian uh, Anderson. Gillian yes. Anderson. That's right. Yes. So it ran from uh, 93 to 2002. Um, and then a uh, 10th season, that was nine seasons, 202 episodes, 10th season, 2016, 11th of 10 episodes in 2018. And I'm pretty sure it's never coming back again. And the 10th season was, a, or 11th season was a big letdown. You know, 93, Young Danger thought Jillian Anderson was just the best thing in the world. So that peering around the doorway that you, Sarge, did, my my pull to come back to it was Jillian Anderson. In 93, 94, 95, I had no idea what was going on. I mean, I was, you know, uh, 10, 11, 12. I mean, I was, yeah, I had no idea what was happening, but I loved the show. And I kept coming now, back to has, more and more. Has she gone on to do other things? I know David Duchovny's had quite yes. the career, but yeah. I don't, I, I yeah. don't know her name is all, comes uh, up as much. Now, David Duchovny, he had, um, Californication, which was a great oh, yeah. show as well. You know, he's, yeah. he's shown up in movies from time to time. He's actually got a movie that just came out on Netflix called The Bubble. I know that she has been in stuff. Uh, I know she was in that Netflix show, The Fall. I think it had like three seasons. It was okay from what I saw. Never really, you know, caught it. Yeah. Didn't really get it. I don't know of other stuff she's done. I mean, David Duchovny's best movie was Evolution. Evolution yeah, was I was going to say. I love Evolution. <laughs> Evolution was a great movie. I wouldn't say it was his best movie, but it was a great movie. I, uh, it's the best movie I've ever seen him in. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you need to watch more David Duchovny movies. I mean, I think uh, California, okay, California with Brad Pitt was a phenomenal oh, movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah. he was in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I've seen that one too. I still pick Evolution. Yeah, Evolution was a great movie. <laughs> Um, I am really interested to see this movie, The Bubble. It's uh, about actors who started filming a movie right before COVID hit and the pandemic lockdown happened, and so they can't, ah. can't leave filming the movie. So, um, anyway, so then I had two feature films. So there was The X Files, um, which took place uh, along with the TV continuity, mm-hmm. and it fell right in line with it. I was there um, like day after it opened, saw it, bought the soundtrack. And then there was uh, the X Files. I want to believe, which did not do much, very, very good at all. Um, it just kind of felt like a longer X Files Monster of the Week episode. It was fine. I think I have. It. Did they both get theatrical releases? They did. Yes, yes yeah. they did. Yeah, no, that uh, the the first one. Again, I was there day after it came out, or something. Right there, it came out mm-hmm. in '98. I didn't see. I want to believe in in theaters, but uh, it definitely got one. Bought it on DVD at a Big Lots for like $5, which should have told me that it wasn't a good one, but I still watched it. I, I still yeah. watched it. It, it kind of got it at that point. Yeah. I mean, I'll let you get through your stuff because like, I want to talk about like favorite episodes and stuff. I mean, that's the stuff like, I like. Oh, yeah. No, we're going to dive into it. So let me, uh, let me just run through stuff. So, uh, again, two. Uh, series spanning story arcs they had were the Monster of the Week episodes and then the Alien Conspiracy. So the X-Files was primarily inspired by five shows. I have heard of all but one of these. If you have heard of it, let me know. But The Twilight Zone, Night Gallery, Tales from the Dark Side, Twin Peaks, and uh, Kolchak, The Night Stalker. I've never heard of that one. Kolchak? K-O-L-C-H-A-K. Kolchak. Kolchak. Kolchak? Kolchak. That was like pre-Blade like blade type stuff. Monster Hunter. Um, there's a book series. Uh, what is it called? Like Monster Hunter International, I think is what it was. It's been out for like ever. Well, first off, let me say I find that offensive. Second off. Monster um, Hunter? Monster Hunter yeah. International? 
Yeah, because you would not is, be a good thing to hunt because I know where you work and I know where you live, and it, you're going to be in one of those places. That's that, that's fair. It's not hard to hunt. You all you got to do is wrinkle a cheeseburger wrapper, and it's like done. You you know me so well. Um, for some reason, the thing that keeps coming to my mind is something like um, in the heat of the night or some sort of like police procedural drama. Really, or something. you just threw out there yeah. the heat of the night with Bubba. Of all of the police procedural dramas you could pick, you picked In the Heat of the Night? Well, I was getting ready to say Dragnet, and I thought that was an even worse reference. I would have rather had Dragnet reference than In the Heat of the Night. But am I wrong? Is that not like a cop show? Is that not accurate? You are right. That is a cop show, but so is Matlock, technically. I mean, Hawaii Five-0. Yeah. SWAT. Hey, what was I, the name of it? I it say all of this to say I have no idea what show you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, what was the name of K-O-L-C-H-A-K, The Night Stalker. So while you go on Googling that, I'm going to move forward a little bit. The series spawned, you know, spinoffs, you know, proposed spinoffs, comic books, video games, all that. So the general premise of the show was that Dana Scully was sent to uh, to – you know, kind of look over Fox Mulder to kind of pull him back in because he was getting a little out there with some of his ideas, extraterrestrial life um, and whatnot, you know. And then as she joins him, she gets sucked up into all the stuff and eventually starts kind of, you know, uh, heading his way. So uh, she starts uh, putting on some more foil hats and, uh, you know, kind of seeing life through his eyes a bit. Um, Starting to see the truth. Well, we're not going to say the truth. I think, that, like, if I remember right, she was put in there to help keep him in check. If yeah. I remember right, like, she was the report stuff to, like, the higher-ups. Right. She, um, and I know that she was put in there to report on him and keep him in check and then also to kind of get him to come back. Because I do remember there was a whole thing that happened after the movie came out. Um, a couple things took a different direction in the story. But there was a whole thing about how she was going to be taken off the X-Files because she wasn't doing what she was set there to do, which was to, you know, really monitor Fox. I, was, I liked in the first name, Fox. Fox. So, Kolchak the Night Stalker was 1974 to 75, and the series followed a wire service reporter. That's just, wire service is a fancy name for us old people that, you know, we used to call the news. Yep. So, a news reporter named Carl Kolchak, who investigates mysterious crimes with unlikely causes, particularly those involving supernatural or science fiction, including fantastic creatures. Well, sounds like X-Files. Sounds like X-Files. Because I was going to say, the only Night Stalker I'm aware of is Richard Ramirez, and that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) I know they came out with a whole Netflix documentary called The Night Stalker. So that was the first thing I thought when I saw it. Um, it's pretty good. We watched it. If you like true crime and serial killer stuff, it's 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 well made. It's good. I uh I think I will watch it at some point. But anyway, so you know the series picks up and runs from there. One of the other big people in the show was Mitch Pelegi played their boss at the FBI, and uh, fine actor. Uh, just never saw him anything else again, and I kind of felt like he probably deserved to go on something else, but he just kind of was a like this guy, this character, that, yeah. that was it. So deserves more. We'll probably never get it. So, all right. The mythology of X-Files. You can't have a show like the X-Files without having mythology all wrapped up into it. So I thought they did a good job of hitting certain beats of things within the story, within the show. It dealt with paranormal phenomena uh, involving cryptids, mutants, science fiction technology, horror monsters, religious phenomena, satanic elements and comedic storylines every once in a while in one of those monster of the week episodes they would throw in this like stupid storyline that didn't really have anything serious to do with anything and it was just there for laughs and yeah shows don't really do that anymore shows seem to be more concentrated on the big overall story of things and Mm -hmm. shows take themselves too serious so even though x-files was a serious show it never took itself too serious up until they went off the rails with their alien stuff. And then they never came back from serious town up until the 10th season. And then all but the first and last episode were uh, alien stuff. But anyway, 
the main story arc is the two agents, Mulder and Scully, Fox, you know, trying to uncover government conspiracies and things. But there was one person that always showed up that represented the government. Do you remember who that was? The, the shadowy part of the government. The smoking man. The, the Marlboro man. The cigarette smoking man. I don't know how or why that man was ever stopped, was never stopped from smoking everywhere. And even as a kid, I was looking at it. This is when we still had non-smoking sections and smoking sections and restaurants. And that to me was kind of like a non-peeing section of the pool. You know, it just I went <laughs> everywhere. As someone who hasn't seen the show, is in I feel like this is a reference that has like crossed into other pieces of pop culture. Like the the guy with the trench coat in the shadow, the fedora smoking a cigarette. Um, the Simpsons copied it one time with Mr. Smithers telling some secrets about Mr. Burns. And like you see that in, in countless other forms of media. I wonder, I, I'm sure it predates X-Files, but sounds like he, that was a big part of X-Files. So yeah, like that whole like shadowy government figure, you know, the trench coat fedora meeting in parking lots and parking garages and whatnot. That was around for a while beforehand, but the cigarette smoking man aspect of the the government that that character, if you will, really kind of propelled that forward. And what you know, in, in that whole iconic image, just that it's he didn't show up at the beginning of the episodes. He didn't show up in the middle of the episodes. It was his cameo was like the last three minutes before the credit roll. But they'd be talking about like when Dana Scully would be like filling in her bosses, and all of a sudden this guy would like come out of the shadows and light a cigarette well, and like, then sit in a chair and talk to the director of the FBI as soon as Dana left the room. Yeah, that did happen a lot, but there was a couple other times where when it was one of the, you know, government conspiracy, extraterrestrials, you know, that whole thing, whenever that storyline was really happening when he popped up the most, and he would show up there at the end of a lot of episodes for the first while, and then he started popping up randomly in episodes and it was, if you were a person that followed the show and knew what was going on, every time you saw that little cherry get brighter, it was, oh, shit. Yep, something, something's oh, going around. Oh, oh, it's about to get real. You paid real close attention. But there was so much stuff involved in that storyline that you just, you couldn't catch all of it. So um, I think that's what made X-Files so great and and can, in my opinion the original 9 seasons plus the first movie can stand the test of time it's because it draws you in and it keeps you in and there's so much inside those episodes you can rewatch them on the reruns which I remember getting the newspaper to get the TV guide so my dad could highlight and circle what time stuff was playing on television on what channels you that's what you used to have to do in the 40s before they had the little uh, you know, little guide thing. <laughs> all right, so at 8 o'clock, we're going to turn the knob on the TV to the U and then turn the bottom knob all the way around. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. <laughs> Actually, I can identify with that because I had one of those TVs. <laughs> like, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely did too. Like, when I moved oh. out of my parents' house, I took that TV with me. That was the one that I took and threw in the back of my Ford Ranger. And you had, to, you had to set it to you had to set it to the U to play video games. Yeah, and <laughs> I like the picture was great for a you know uh, a fat inch TV. Yeah, no, it was like <laughs> uh, it was like twenty inches or something. Like that it wasn't okay, a okay. small TV. It weighed about five hundred pounds. We had one of the cabinet TVs. Oh, the, oh. The, the TV that was also furniture. Yes. Yeah. And then it when it broke, we didn't even get rid of it. We just put the replacement tube TV right on top of oh, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You would just throw a tablecloth or something over it to hide the fact that it was a TV underneath it and put a TV on top of it and carry on like everything was fine. <laughs> uh, now, so as someone who hasn't hasn't really watched the show, do you go? Is it like every episode is standalone, and then they have the occasional like two parter or three parter, or is it sort of like? Like I equate it to Dexter because Dexter is a show that I actually have seen the bulk of. Um, is it sort of like a continuous thing for several episodes, like ongoing storylines? Okay, so the entire show was a storyline, and it was 
you know, it had the extraterrestrial, the alien, which uh, was always signified, you know, you always knew it was, it was there. Somebody had been infected when the black goo would come out of their nose. Uh-huh. And, you know, so that was a storyline that kind of ran through the entire thing. Now they would have, you know, like I said, the B, C and D storylines. And sure. those would be the things that would run through all the monster of the week episodes Now you could watch those and have about five minutes of not really know what was going on if you hadn't watched everything previously, but, mm-hmm. but overall, you know, the, the show did have a consistent storyline throughout the entire thing. So, so I would like, say it had standalone could, episodes, but now okay. you could argue that the main storyline of the, of, of the show up to, up to, and including the first movie was Fox Mulder's obsession with finding his sisters, yes. Samantha, I think is what okay. Well, that was the next thing I was going to say, but I'm glad that you got to it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there was a whole thing in the show about how what the thing that really got Fox Mulder into believing in aliens was that he uh, he, he watched his sister be abducted, and so it was all about trying to find his sister. That was his whole drive behind it. And then you could really see it as a show about a man trying to find a sister. And then a woman trying to stop him. <laughs> well, I, don't think, I don't think she was trying to stop him. Honestly, I think Jillian Anderson's character in there, the plot point was for her to for her to keep tabs on Mulder because of how close he was getting to uncovering the truth behind government conspiracies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But it's also to give him a distraction, I would think, because like like she was she was tryharding to get her get him to like her at first. I think she was just trying to get him to like her as a person later, you know, down the line. There was always this will they, won't they kind of thing. And then the sexual tension was real. Yeah. It, you know, it touches on that all throughout the series. And we see some of that come to fruition and whatnot. Monster, I highly recommend watching it. I know it's on Netflix. So go for it. Now, I will say, that, and I don't know if I've really brought this up on the show before, but my favorite television show of all time is the Simpsons. I absolutely love the Simpsons. I am like most people. I like the first half better than the second half. Some of the later seasons have, have dropped in quality a bit, but even then I, there's still stuff I like. So anyway, one of my first sort of connections with uh, the X-Files was the Simpsons uh, season eight, episode 10 the Springfield Files, where they actually have uh, Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny as their roles um, from the X-Files investigating a possible extraterrestrial thing. Uh, You know, they were both Fox properties, so I'm sure that was easy to do. And uh, Danger is going to whoop my ass later because I definitely stole a nugget he wanted to share. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to still say it, and I'm going to expand it. All right. Okay, good, good. So, the conception of the show, how shows were actually formed and why they were formed is always interesting to me. So, Chris Carter uh, was given the opportunity to produce new shows for Fox. In the 90s, Fox was still a relatively new network. I know they weren't around for too long before, but Carter had been writing comedies for Disney. Uh, then he was reading a story about 3.7 million Americans that had been abducted by aliens. <laughs> Stop touching things. Who? You, Luke. I'm not touching anything. Then what is what is that sound? That sounds like somebody's like dragging a paper bag across the microphones. I have no idea. It's my cat. He keeps rubbing his face on the computer. Alright. <laughs> so anyway. He read a story that 3.7 million Americans have been abducted by aliens. Uh, then he read about the Watergate scandal in the 70s, of course. And then he read more about serial killers and all. And then he watched Kolchak and all <laughs> of it and, and all of it crammed together into what ended up being the pilot episode for, uh, for the X-Files. Now, Fox initially rejected him. And then... He kind of went back to his inspiration, rewrote the episode after watching The Twilight Zone and Silence of the Lambs and watching some Twin Peaks. And then he rewrote it, took it back to Fox, and they bought it. So he left Disney to work for Fox. Okay. 
The hell with the mouse. The hell with the mouse. I yeah, did. but now theoretically he now works for Disney. <laughs> yeah, he does. Right. And so after he had the pilot episode, he knew he had to come up with an opening sequence that was similar to the show, that would fit the show. And a show that had that many themes in it that he wanted to put in there, he knew he had to come up with something that was uh, different than everybody else. And he did. So he you know, made the entire thing by finding a video operator, just somebody that operated a video camera and said, here, let's let's do some of these things. And so... Um, he wanted the the opening title sequence to be, you know, impactful and have supernatural images. Those were the two things that he gave him to, you know, come up with. You know, those were his standards. So they just, uh, you know, came up with split screen images of seeds germinating and uh, terror filled face. You know, somebody that was scared and just warped their face and then mix it in with credits and FBI badges and things like that. Now, as far as the intro goes, who did the music? Because that intro music is pretty iconic. Um, I I didn't. It is iconic. Absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I heard like dance remixes of that and stuff in the nineties. Oh, there there were. I mean, a lot of people remixed that thing, or would you know some guy at you know some DJ at a club would be you know getting down and doing his thing, and then would just like drop the X-Files theme song and everybody would go nuts. You know, yeah. it was just, and everybody knows it. Everybody knows it. So uh, one of the producers of the show, uh, Paul Rabwin said that it was, it had never been seen on TV before. Nothing like that before. In 2017, uh, Paste Magazine put it number eight on their list of 75 best TV sequences of all time. Now, Sarge, do you remember what would pop up at the bottom of the screen, at the end of every opening sequence. Oh. Oh. The truth is out there. Right. Yeah. So that popped up on... With the hand. With the right. hand. The truth is out there. Right. That popped up on every episode. Except for when they wanted to change that, the truth is out there. That everybody knows the truth is out there is part of the X-Files. But they changed it on quite a few episodes. They would change it to things like, trust no one. Deny everything, everything dies, believe the lie, all lies lead to the truth, resist or serve, and I'm not going to try to pronounce this one because it's the truth is out there backwards. <laughs> so, Ooh. yeah. And then there was, I want to believe slash I want to lie, and then accuse your enemies of that which you are guilty. And they would they would change the the headings of things, you know, that 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 title to fit whatever was going on in the episode. Now, a lot of those would be changed for the, the alien episodes, not the monster of the week episodes, but I think some of those are just cool. Uh, and I just wanted to throw it out there. Mark snow is the composer that came up with okay. the, the theme music. He, he did a few other Hollywood movies and stuff, but from what I can tell that, that theme is probably his, his magnum opus. for yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about the movies. I know we talked about it before. But, you know, the first one was a big deal that the X-Files had finally put out a movie. Big, grandiose thing. All aliens. All good. I, I really liked it. And, you know, we talked about how it did really good. $66 million budget it, at the box office, $189.2 million. So it did pretty good. The soundtrack to that was awesome. I love that soundtrack. I bought it. I listened to it all many times. I actually still have it. Now, one of the things that was really cool about that soundtrack, and uh, Monster, you and I actually talked about this just briefly, but, you know, CDs used to have this hidden track where, you know, five, six minutes of silence after the last song, and then it was a hidden track. Something that, a lot of people, oh, yeah. something that a lot of people missed was the hidden track on that was just a guy talking about the conspiracy of things and actually filled in a couple gaps that people never got unless they listened to that thing. So, uh, but then the X-Files, I want to believe movie that was just really part of, or, or really just seemed like another episode of the X-Files, just longer um, on a $30 million budget, 68.4 million. So didn't do as good. And yes, we mentioned before that now Fox is owned by Disney. Disney has no plans of rebooting, X-Files in any way whatsoever. 
they have just killed X-Files. It, it doesn't seem to fit in with the things that currently bring them revenue. It's not right. it's not Marvel, it's not Star Wars, it's not a princess, so why right. why waste their time on it? <laughs> and I mean I watched uh most of the tenth season and it was kind of like um a last gasp, a a plea for more almost. And they put out the eleventh season just because people wanted it. But it just didn't really seem to add anything. So, well, that's like Jillian Anderson. At, uh, she was at a Comic Con once, and I remember just reading the interview about it. She she said that we have come so far in the science fiction genre that it's no longer groundbreaking, and it's hard to come up with your own original stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, whereas in 1993, right? 1993, when the X Files first started, this was a whole new real genre there was yeah. really no major conspiracy theory we're going to talk about monsters that eat people and aliens that take people as it was like still kind of taboo at the time to even believe that aliens existed yeah well that's and- what i was going to say in the 1990s these these were conspiracy theories these were like you know unproven things now most of this stuff or at least some of it has been proven or there's a lot more actual like facts to go along with some of these theories so i actually have a theory about why uh, when it comes to technology and inventions and things that happens because when science fiction shows come along we get these new ideas these new inventions and then that is as far as we think within our time period of what can be invented i mean look at star trek you know x-files and whatnot they they planted these ideas, and then the goal was to meet those ideas. But now, the ideas are so far beyond that she's absolutely right. It's hard to come up with original storylines. It's hard to come up with something that's going to wow the audience, because the audience is they're they're wowed by everything else. And so, I don't see that the X-Files needs to be brought back. I don't see that Disney needs to put time and energy into it. I think it should be left alone. That, yeah, that I, I don't think it needs to be touched anymore there is a time and a place for a extraterrestrial investigation show like i think that is i mean i still think there's an audience for that but but it doesn't necessarily need to carry on the moniker of x files you know? right and with the x files and you know exploring extraterrestrials it was like yeah that might be a cool thing but now the government's admitted to alien life you know knowledge of alien life so it's like i that's no longer a secret we know it's a thing so yep all right one of the spinoffs, uh, Sarge, do you remember in the show, The Lone Gunman, the three guys that uh, Mulder would go and visit to help him out with figuring out cases? Yeah. yeah right. The hippie looking guys. Yeah. Well, there was like the, there was the one hippie looking guy, just like the long hair. They always listen to metal like all the time. Mm-hmm. But then there was the one like <laughs> straight laced looking guy, like trimmed beard and like and yep. glasses. And so those guys got a spinoff. It's called The Lone Gunman. It was canceled after one season. Now, uh, it had 13 episodes, and the last episode was in June of 2001. Now, the most controversial thing that came out of it, the pilot episode of the show, an airliner had been hijacked uh, via remote control, and two of the characters you know, get aboard the airline to stop the hijacking, and they stop it from crashing into a building. Do you want to guess what building that was in 2001? Oh no! The it, it had a, a near miss with the World Trade Center, and then oh. and now the series ended in June, and then the attack happened in September, and we never saw the show again. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those things that when they wrote it, it was like when it all happened, it was a oh shit moment. Like yeah, yeah. So that. When I read that for the first time, because I never watched the spinoff, but when the first time I read it, I was like, oh, that's 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 rough. It's it's really interesting not to get off on too big of a tangent here. But whenever that occurred, the whole landscape of entertainment in general shifted just in such a, you know, astronomical kind of way. You know, it's specifically in, in my world, the music change so much because if you if you remember like up until that point the big things were like you know 
pop music and new metal and this like kind of fun, carefree kind of music, regardless of genre, it was still a pretty like upbeat sound. And then after that, everything got a lot more dour and entertainment like films and, and, and TV shows, I think sort of followed suit that, that like 2001, 2002, 2003, that whole time was really hard to know, like what's appropriate to put out content wise. Right. The show shifted into comic books at one point. I think almost every popular series has gotten a comic book. Tops Comics, you know, the uh, same people that publish the or make the, the trading cards, the basketball, baseball, football trading cards, and also the mm-hmm. comic book trading cards that failed miserably. Um, yeah. And the comic book ran from 95 to 98. There was a 30 Days of Night crossover with the X-Files oh, wow. in 2010. They go to investigate murders and the area... I would like to say I'm going to pick it up and read it, but I won't. I, I just, <laughs> I know myself. So, and then in 2015, season 11 comic book get, began along with the series. And it was just an eight issue series. Now with Disney owning Marvel, I think they could, you know, pump out some good comic books and whatnot and make it live in that world. But it's not necessary to, you know, keep the show going by any means. I want to talk about the merchandise real quick. And there's a reason why. During the series run, Fox published the X-Files magazine. I don't care. Uh, there was an X-Files collectible trading card game in 98. Expansion pack was released later that year. I don't care. What I do care about is there are four video games of the mm-hmm. X-Files. And I would be very interested to play them, see them, and anyway, because I cannot imagine that that show would have made a good game. So there was one that came out in, in 97. And there was one that came out in 98, and that one was just uh, was released to just PC and Macintosh. Um, and then 2004, X-Files Resist or Serve to PlayStation 2. Yeah. And then in 2018, there was a mobile uh, mystery game for the X-Files. But the one that gets me the most is something that I've never seen before, and if either one of you have seen it, please let me know, and please let me know where I can find. They released in 1997... A six-player pinball machine. X-Files theme. I've never seen a six-player pinball machine. Of course, it inspired uh, loads of other shows. Do you remember some of the songs that X-Files was mentioned in? Oh, one was the Bare Naked Ladies. Yep. They were watching X-Files with their lights on. They yep. got a maze on. And they hope uh, in that one. No, please. Keep going, Sarge. I want to hear you. <laughs> uh, Do the okay. whole thing. Yeah. FYI, I have found... The X-Files game for Windows made in 1998. Yeah. The X-Files, um, the All first right. one that came out on PlayStation 1, I never played it, but it is a Resident Evil clone. It is very, like, fixed camera, uh, tank control kind of thing. And I've seen some playthroughs online, and it is very... Uh, again, just w- when something is popular, a million copycats pop up. There was a Men in Black Resident Evil clone. There was a bunch of them. And this follows in the same suit. It's mediocre. So, um, Sarge, I want to play the uh, the 1998 game. I am legit about to download it right now. (laughs) I I think I'm going to go look after we get done with this and see if I can find it. So, I didn't know that it was a huge inspiration on the Deus Ex game and Perfect Dark. Now, to talk about what you were talking about, Monster. Yes, season eight, episode "The Springfield Files of the Simpson." Do you know what date it aired? Since you have all this information on the episode, January twelfth, nineteen ninety-seven. Got it. Nineteen ninety-seven. Okay, okay. I was going to guess ninety-six. So, all right, all right. So, yeah, Mulder and Scully go to Springfield to investigate um, alien sighting by Homer. They ended up finding no evidence other than Homer's word, and they leave. The cigarette smoking man does appear in the background. Uh, when Homer is interviewed, and the show's theme plays during part of the show. And of course, everybody sat up a little bit taller when they heard it. <laughs> and if you knew who the cigarette smoking man was, it, w- it was more than just the, the trench coat yeah. fedora figure. A couple funny parts about that episode, because that is a really good episode that was kind of in the middle of their kind of, you know, their heyday of, of classic episodes. 
the the alien quote unquote that Homer was seeing was Mr. Burns after he gets like all this medication and he gets some kind of medicine pumped into him that makes him glow. And so his whole countenance changes and he's got these big bug eyes and he's glowing and he's like, I come in peace. And so that's why Homer thinks it's an alien. But one of the funniest parts, and it's, it's real quick, whenever the agents show up at the door and flash their FBI badges, Mulder's, is actually a picture of him like laying down in a speedo. So when they flash their badges, it's so funny. It's real quick, but if you look in his wallet, it's him in a speedo. It's it's hilarious. So now, Sarge, I want to jump to talk about episodes. Oh, it's All about right. damn time. All right. All right. There's one episode that I want to talk about. It was the only episode to receive an MA rating. It was an episode called Home. Now. It was um, in the fourth season, third episode, and uh, 1996. I distinctly remember watching this episode, and it has never left my brain. In short, actually, I'll just read the plot summary to you off of Wikipedia. In the small town of Home, Pennsylvania, a woman gives birth to a deformed baby. Three similarly deformed men bury it in their dilapidated house during a rainstorm, or near their dilapidated house during a rainstorm. Uh, Fox and Dana are sent to investigate after the corpse is found by children playing a Sandlot baseball game. And I remember it distinctly. He like hits his cleat down in the dirt and uh, comes off. Yeah, it was just it. It kind of burned itself into my memory. That think, was an boy. entire. That was an entire episode about selective breeding. Yes. Uh, and for those people who don't understand what selective breeding is, we're talking about inbreeding, ladies and gentlemen. You can only inbreed so much before you're before you create a normal child. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, you you basically are playing a numbers game at that point. Like there is a possibility, mathematically, there's a possibility that one time you'll open the dryer and all the clothes will be folded, and you're pretty much running that same game when you're doing that <laughs> and having a normal child. Now, the mother was, uh, you know, her arms and legs were chopped off. She was tied to a board under the bed. Gertie. It was uh, it, it it was just a terrifying episode. Sarge, you look. For I, I I want I want monster. No, I'm not frustrated. I want monster to Google the mother from that episode right now on his phone. I want to see the look on his face when he sees it. Yeah, as that gonna, was one of those. As soon as you saw it, you were like, "What the hell?" Yeah. It was it was a moment that made everybody. If you're if you were sitting on a couch and there was a wall behind it, it still made the couch scoot back. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Like the, the 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 earth stopped spinning for a second when everyone saw that. Yeah. And like pushed the same direction. Oh yeah. Okay. And then and then somehow she skitters herself back underneath the bed. Mm-hmm. Like when they pull her out from the bed, she starts screaming and yep. moaning, and then slides herself back with no arms and no legs. Yeah. So and I'm seeing a picture of the other. Interesting looking characters. Uh, her um, sons. Her yeah. sons. So apparently, and I don't know if this is true, but just as I Googled this, I got this little tidbit that says, um, the X-Files episode Home was so disturbing to viewers that Fox vowed never to air it again, but the story was actually based on a real-life experience from uh-huh. Charlie Charlie Chaplin's autobiography. Yep. That, is that true? Yes. As far as I know. Yep. I'm not trying wow. to um, They used his autobiography as inspiration for the story. Now, they also used Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the 74 one, and The Hills Have Eyes as inspiration for the tone and whatnot of the episode. So, I mean, it's it's just a scary-ass episode. They have shown it, I believe it was twice since. Vulture.com has named it the most terrifying television episode to watch on Halloween. Now, I will tell you, I will tell you, that episode may, may have made me do a jump, like a jump scare, but that was not near as bad as what kept me up at night as, I don't know what season it was, but what episode it was, but I'll describe it to you, Danger, and you'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that. It's the dude that lived in a cocoon that would pull people's organs out to eat them, and then he could stretch his fingers. Mm-hmm. That yeah. one, like he could fit through bars and stuff. That one got me. And then the one where the dude, where the like Amish barn people could willy nilly change their sex. 
I don't remember that one. Oh yeah, that was crazy. Like the opening one, it's like this this uh, lady, this dude's laying on the bed, frothing at the mouth, and this lady's like in a dress, smoking a cigarette, and then all of a sudden, you watch her like body just morph and shape into a dude, and she like walked out. Huh. I don't remember that. Oh, one. It was. I, oh, I do oh. want to go back and watch it. Have either one of you? Are you familiar with an episode, season six, episode seven, terms of endearment? What happened in okay. the episode? I know you can't tell about the episode, Robbie. I'm going to. A pregnant woman's baby is snatched away from her belly by a devil. Uh, yes, Agent- I remember that one. That okay. sounds familiar, but I don't. Well, I don't vividly remember it. I, I'm curious because it stars uh, Bruce Campbell, so I would be interested to see that episode. <laughs> now, I mean, the first episode, there, like the first episode, when Fox and Dana or Mulder and Scully are are introduced to each other, they go on this, they go on this abduction case, right? And it's like he's driving down the road, and all of a sudden, like a car radio starts freaking out, losing power. So he like pulls over, jumps out, pulls a can of spray paint out of his car, spray paints a giant X on the ground. Right, and you have to pay attention because there's. I'm telling you this, Luke, because if you watch our monster, because if you watch it, it's these little tiny things that are going to come back in the movie later that you're like, I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the episode, when they're like chasing after the the this this alien thing, they come back to a giant X on the road mm-hmm. that Mulder put on the road, and you're like, mother, yeah. And it was uh, how many years later? <laughs> Monster, as a horror fan, yeah, as a conspiracy theory fan, mm-hmm. I highly recommend this show. This is a show yeah. that I think has been severely underappreciated if, if for the last, I don't know, what, 15 years? And kind of yeah, forgotten seems... by a lot outside of just the sound, the, the music and whatnot. And it's So that's what so I was just good. getting ready to say. I remember it being a huge, huge deal when it first came out. I remember my parents watched it all the time, but I never really saw it. I was a little too young to get into it. And it's not one that you hear brought up a lot. Like when you hear people bring up like horror or science fiction television, you hear like Tales from the Crypt, Twilight Zone, Outer Limits. Like you hear about all that. X-Files does never really gets mentioned in that same conversation and I feel like it probably should. It absolutely should get brought up when talking about about shows like that. I mean, the the short list that I have of shows that it inspired and I I did not take a full list because there's a ton of shows, but Strange sure. World, Mysterious Ways, Lost, Fringe, Warehouse 13, Supernatural and oh, Gravity Falls. Man. I mean, those are some oh, yeah. fantastic shows and it inspired all of them. And so yeah. it really did like push this like horror sci-fi thing within pop culture that was just largely ignored. One of the biggest shows in the past, you know, five, six years is Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And if I had to think of a show that Stranger Things reminds me of, I mean, X-Files would have to be in the conversation. Right, right. Um, it's It's not given credit by a lot of shows like Stranger Things and whatnot, sci-fi shows. I'm sighing. I'm sighing because I wouldn't put Supernatural even anywhere near X-Files because that's more biblically based. Okay. That's more angels and demons and 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 folklore and, and and not like the actual like monsters living amongst us type thing. I just but I think it, it drew inspired. inspiration, from right? It. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and I'll give I like I'll give it that it took a lot of the structure of the you know uh, storylines running throughout the series. There being monster of the week episodes, and then there's the big episodes that you know create that have the overall arcing story. And I think that it took that structure from it, but then it also uh, I think it took a lot of the tone. And like I mentioned, Stranger Things. I don't think X-Files and Stranger Things are necessarily similar. I just think that a a show like X-Files had to walk so a show like Stranger Things can run. That kind of thing. Absolutely. Well, Monster, I hope that this has um, inspired you to watch X-Files. And anybody listening, I hope that you go back and you watch X-Files. 
nothing but free time on my hands. Tackling a 200-episode series is totally something I have time for, so I will I will start that right away. And, I mean, there, there's nobody I know with more free time than you. <laughs> people, anybody listening, Monster is one of the busiest people that I know. <laughs> Absolutely. So, anyway, Sarge, um, I hope there's been a great little walk down memory lane of, oh. of the X-Files. I know I'm going to uh, probably start just casually watching it all over again because, wow, God, what a great show. What a great show. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I'll probably do is maybe look up a couple of, like, top ten lists and try to hit some highlights just no, so no, I can. No, no, <laughs> no. You must start with season one, episode one, and oh, move geez. on to the end of the first nine seasons. Oh, Jesus. Do, do, do you remember that, like, that Family Guy episode where, you know, they're trying to teach Peter self-control and Quagmire doesn't want him to take the pie off the off the thing? No. <laughs> Not no, really. No. But... Look it up. Look, look it up and watch it. That's going to be you watching the X-Files. Okay. I do think that you'll, you'll love the show. You I think I will, too. I think I will, too. If I remember correctly, the first season is a little, little rocky. But it sure. was also 93, and they were doing something that hadn't been done before. So in oh, wow. um, when I go back and watch it, I'm going to even have to struggle through that first season just to do it. But, and and in the whole like echelon of things, when it comes to horror and sci-fi media, the early 90s is a really rough path. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't really write until the mid nineties with scream and stuff like that. The, the, the issue that happened with the X-Files in my opinion is Fox was letting the, some of the viewers decide on, you know, the episode, essentially is what they were doing. Like people were like complaining about how the X-Files was too taboo at the first season, everything like that. And then after that, it's like when they, when the creators of the X-Files was like, you know what? I don't care if anyone says this is where we're going. It really picked up a lot of steam. It did. Uh, Monster, watch the X-Files. It's, it's worth it. I'll add it to the list. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so this has been X is for X-Files. Um, I believe, uh, going back to the beginning, I believe that this is our first TV show we've done on on here. Have we done another TV show? I don't remember. This is how bad my memory is anymore. Just bad. So. Yeah. I, if we did, it wasn't like uh, an entire episode. We just kind of touched on something, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a full episode? I don't think so. Yeah. All right. Monster, have anything for the people? If you have the time, you know... These shows are, are like, you know, as, okay, so I've mentioned on the show before that, like, obviously horror movies are kind of my first love, but as I consumed so many, I moved on to books, and I've been reading a lot of Stephen King and, and a lot of novels, and I feel like TV shows are another untapped, you know, horror medium that I am not as, like, comfortable with that, you know, I've seen some of the big ones, a lot of Twilight Zone, Tales from the Crypt, yada, yada. But X-Files is one that I missed, and sounds like it's one I need to check out, so I will get on that. And a lot of episodes, a, a lot more of the Monster of the Week episodes have a lot of horror elements within them, but the the alien stuff got pretty crazy there for a bit. Again, practical effects, gruesome as hell, and awesome. Yeah, the Monster of the Week thing speaks to me. Like That sounds like... I mean, I like the conspiracy and alien stuff too, but like the monster of the week stuff sounds like fun. Yeah. Sarge, any parting words? No parting words. Like everyone go watch the X-Files. Let's, let's, (laughs) let's watch the X-Files and have some fun. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. All right, everybody. The truth is out there.